Welcome to Manic in Miami. This is Holly Hurricane. I had to do a little short episode to describe my experience beginning EMDR therapy to heal trauma. So EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing. I would like to have an EMDR therapist on the podcast to get into exactly what it does and how it works uh, with the brain. I met with my therapist. We had a two and a half hour preliminary session with an interview and kind of a bit of a talk therapy session. She is a psychologist. She saw so many amazing results with EMDR that she gave up what she was doing before to focus on EMDR. So what is it? She uses these two um, little kind of vibrating things that you hold and what they do is they vibrate in your hands. The idea is that they activate the right and left side of the brain while you're reprocessing memories and going in and you close your eyes and it's called eye movement. I have pretty large eyeballs and I could feel those eyeballs were just going pretty quickly the entire time. I started with attachment focused EMDR which was developed by Dr. Laurel Parno. And I have disorganized attachment, also known as fearful avoidant. It means that I never really feel safe and I have issues with trust and betrayal. At the same time, I do crave love and connection. So I'm trying to heal that to form a secure attachment. And that is goal number one for my EMDR. I spoke about my child sexual abuse and bullying and my adult rape and adult sexual assault. That's all coming later, but the most important part right now is to build this secure base. The first thing before you start the first EMDR session is I had some homework and I had to install a team, committee members. It's so funny. So I absolutely loved the movie Never Ending Story when I was a kid without knowing that it really is about a boy who is depressed and detached and has kind of lost connection and he's isolated from peers at school, he's bullied, his mom died, and he escapes into books and to his imagination, world of fantasy. And I was a bit depressed and quiet and I absolutely relied on my inner world and my imagination, I also escaped into books and fantasy. When I was asked to install my team, so what are they? They are often human beings in people's lives, I discovered. I did not choose human beings, but, and they are there to help you as you're processing this trauma. You can call on them and they can come around you and sort of help you out. One is the nurturer one provides wisdom, and one provides protection. So my first thought was, can I make all of these Falcor, who is this big luck dragon, he kind of looks like a furry, um, white, long-haired dog slash dragon who flies, if you haven't seen the movie. And she said, no, you cannot have Falcor for all of them. You have to choose different things. Um, And Never Ending Story just popped into my mind immediately when she told me I needed to have this imaginary team for emotional support and protection. So I have Falcor as my protector, and then I threw in Aslan from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So he's also protecting me. And I have Green Tara from Tibetan Buddhism, the Green Goddess. And I have Parvati, who is a Hindu deity. These are the people that make up my committee, my team, 
there to support me during the actual EMDR. This sounds woo-woo. Well, I mean, I'm going to a psychologist who was you know, a university professor in psychology. In the book, The Body Keeps the Score, there's a chapter about it. Ah, I'm going to try to describe it now. I also had to choose a safe place. So when things become overwhelming and I feel very unsafe and scared, I can go to this safe place. The safe place I chose was uh, one of the most peaceful, beautiful places I've ever been in my life. This little uninhabited key, this little island in the Bahamas in the Berry Islands. It is sparkling and magical. And then you have to list the traits of the ideal parent. My ideal parent, the first trait that came up was someone who will validate my emotions and try to understand me and really just hear me and see me. So let me describe this. I was asked to bring up an image of a painful memory. For me, it was a place in my house. I'm closing my eyes. I'm holding these little vibrating things in my hand to stimulate the right and left side of my brain. And the therapist asked me a series of questions. I didn't think the first session would really go deep or, you know, do much. I just thought it was kind of dipping my toe in the in the water of EMDR. And a couple minutes in... Um, I was doing this thing that I used to do in childhood, which was I was extremely quiet, shy, and withdrawn, by the way. And I would try as hard as I could not to cry. And so in this painful memory, I was hurt so deeply. I was actually becoming that inner child. I was going back and feeling just what I felt as this scared little child. Tears were falling down um, from my closed eyes and I was shaking, but I was trying really hard to be still and and not to cry. I was there next to that child. So it was as if adult me was witnessing child me going through this. This is all in the unconscious. So what's very magical and kind of mystical about EMDR is that while you're in the session, things from the unconscious are just brought up. I'm worried that this upset my cats and my cats look stressed out. I feel guilty that the cats seem to be upset. Um, I think my little sister is hiding in her room. This is all my fault and you know I'm just trying to get up the stairs to be in my happy place which is to be alone with my little imaginary world came out of it my therapist said that was amazing like and so the team comes in after that so towards the end you know she says, we're going to call on your team. And Falcor comes in, Aslan comes in. Um, and then, of course, the deities Parvati and Green Tara come in. And they are advising me during this session, which was pretty long as well. We did a little CBT as well. So I was stuck in one of those um, rumination kind of ruts that came as a result of my pattern with disorganized attachment. This feeling of my soul dying was kind of lingering on and so which is just thought stopping. Whenever this pain comes up, I stop the thought and then I say to myself, I am learning to see me and soothe myself so that I can feel safe and secure. And that is creating new neural pathways 
I've had some depression issues lately, and to read that the never-ending story is a tale of overcoming existential angst and, and depression was not very surprising, actually. And there is the swamp of sadness as well. And in one of the most unforgettable and tragic scenes in that movie, Atreyu, um, the boy warrior's horse, his best friend Artex, actually dies in quicksand in the swamps of sadness. And that is actually a suicide. So he's just succumbing to depression. I rewatched that movie because now the never ending story, which is funny because the repetition of childhood patterns, it is kind of a never ending story until you actually go in and really deal with it, which I feel EMDR does. Um, the never ending story is now linked to healing my childhood trauma. And it is a movie of childhood trauma and, and trying to overcome this childhood trauma. Um, and so I just found that pretty cool. The first thing that popped into my mind was Falcor, the character in The NeverEnding Story. I fell into a pattern of seeking unavailable men to have emotional needs met that had not been met for me. I can't feel safe because I expect betrayal looming ahead. It's my biggest fear to make myself vulnerable and then have that vulnerability be betrayed in some way. That triggers this agonizing core wound. If I then feel neglected in some way, dismissed or ignored, um, I feel like my soul is dying. It sounds melodramatic and cheesy. And my therapist said, in a, in a way, it is your soul dying. There is an existential philosophy behind this movie, this children's fantasy movie. The, the nothing, as it's called, is coming in. And, and, and destroying fantasy and destroying imagination and belief. And the nothing to me also signifies this void that I felt um, by not having certain needs met and not being seen. And the nothing in the never-ending story could also symbolize this void inside when you've lost all hope and you don't see any meaning in life and you don't see any meaning in yourself. You start to think that you are unworthy and you don't exist. You are nothing. You are the nothing. And Atreyu, the protagonist in the movie, with the help of Falcor, who is one of my protectors in my EMDR committee team, um, he is trying to defeat the nothing and he gets to the door of the mirror and that is symbolizing this confrontation uh, with the true self and people avoid this at all costs and will run from it in horror right and this is to me like the mirror stage in psychoanalysis um, Lacan's mirror stage we project what we are so if we're very paranoid and we don't trust, then we don't trust ourselves. You know, we're scared of ourselves. We are projecting um, what we are into the world. In a sense, our reality is a projection constructed by our true selves. So if we can heal the self that developed as a child thinking, I'm worthless and and. I don't deserve this and people are going to betray me and hurt me, um, then that's what we're going to see in the world and that's what will surround us and that's how we will react to relationships and other people. So I'm fearful, avoidant, and so that terrifies me and making myself vulnerable and you know, having that betrayed in one way or another is excruciating and for others you know who have childhood trauma they may be codependent and so 
they are reliant on someone else to fill this void and to feel safe and to feel okay with themselves. But that is not love and that's not good. That is an addiction to someone and that is a need for someone. That's not love, that's codependence. And so in all of these um, situations where people are kind of damaged at the core from childhood, what you need to do is repair that so that you can have a secure attachment so that you can have real intimacy and you can have real love and you can receive love and it's not something that you desperately need to feel like yourself or to feel okay with yourself and it's not these emotional needs that you're seeking that you know if you find you're absolutely beside yourself with anxiety and fear um, because you don't know if they will be met or not, but you know, you're meeting them for yourself. That's what developing a secure attachment is. And I think so many of us have these attachment issues and they're very popular now, um, in psychology, popular psychology, they started in psychoanalysis, but if you have these issues, consider EMDR attachment focused, uh, therapy. And by seeking unavailable people, I'm also seeking people who are a projection of my own problems, who are mirroring some of my flaws back at me. And we can change our neural pathways, really. The going back and reliving the memories through EMDR, we are able to change the way we feel about these memories and change the way we feel about ourselves in the process. That is my EMDR. That's how EMDR works. Um, as I go deeper into the therapy, obviously I might have more to say about it. And I just put this out there for anyone interested. It seems to work right away. All right, thank you for listening. Bye.